Hey ladies, welcome to the Looking Above podcast. It's easy to get bogged down in details of everyday life. If we aren't intentional, our eyes can easily be pulled away from the Lord and we can set our gaze on things of earth. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. My name is Karen Boffman and I'm the women's pastor at New Life Church in Gillette, Wyoming. I believe that our perspective changes everything. So together, we'll be looking above. Welcome back to Looking Above. My name is Karen, and I'm here with my good friend, Brooklyn. Hi. And we are so excited to be with you today and to finish finish. Yeah. This is our last episode in the book of Ephesians. It went so fast. I know. Or at least it felt like right. it for us. Where did 10 <laughs> weeks go? So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's exciting though. And this is just a really neat way that Paul ends this chapter with his little final greeting, final, um, word that he has to the people there. And so we're going to just dig into that. Yes. And then a spiritual discipline today that I think maybe a lot of people don't even know is a discipline. I did not know it was a discipline. Yeah. So it's something that maybe some of us practice without knowing Mm -hmm. that it's a spiritual discipline and probably most of us don't practice it at all. Yeah. So maybe we'll just leave it as a surprise. You have to wait and listen and find out what it is. (laughs) Now you can all guess. Write down a guess right now on a piece of paper. We'll see if you're right. I think very few will be right. If you get it right, let us know. I'll have a good figure out a price. We'll put you in a drawing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So today we are talking about the whole armor of God and this section of the book of Ephesians might possibly be, I would think the most well-known. Yeah, definitely. It's it's preached on a lot. People Mm -hmm. talk about this armor of God. You see it in memes and drawings and there's whole books on it. Right. Right. And people make posts on it. So it's a freak, more frequent topic of conversation Mm -hmm. maybe than most of this book is. So it's something you've heard about and yet I think it's so good to just revisit it and talk about it again and um, come at it with an open mind. Not like, Oh, I've heard this a million times. I don't need to listen. Come at it with an open mind and heart and receive new maybe information on it. Right. And I did say that, you know, I don't want to maybe focus as much on the actual armor as on kind of what's all around it in this passage and why we need to be aware of this, why we need to have this armor in our lives. Um, And we will just remind you of the context here. Paul is in prison Mm -hmm. and typically when he was put in prison, he was chained to a guard. Most likely this guard was wearing armor. And so this is probably an image that was very predominant in Paul's life. These, these men who are wearing this armor, they, he knew what this was what this looked like. It was an image that he was constantly faced with. Mm-hmm. So, um, so he talks about that, but also as we, as we think about this armor, 
the armor that he's talking about as he describes it and the words that he's using are actually like the battle ready armor. So it's not just like your everyday standard, standard issue armor. It's your battle <laughs> armor. So the armor that is what you would take into war. And that's really an important image for us as we talk about this right. is why do we need to have this on? And it's because our lives are a battle. Yeah, we're in a battlefield every day. Every day. And this idea of the battlefield would have been more prevalent in their society. There was a lot more talk about the spiritual realm mm -hmm. and about demons and the the whole spiritual warfare. That was a more common discussion then. We don't talk about it a whole lot. We are no. a very visible, tangible, I can see it, taste it, touch it yeah. kind of people. Mm -hmm. And so we often neglect the spiritual realm and what is going on in the spiritual realm. And that's what he's reminding us of here is there is a war going on in the cosmos. There is a battle between these fallen angels that we call demons and the angels that are true to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so there is just this constant battle and okay, we can just picture it. Somebody actually was just mentioning this to me the other day, those cartoons that we watched as kids, I think it was often like Tom and Jerry, right? And oh, yes. he would have the little angel on one shoulder and the little demon yeah. on the other shoulder. And he was trying to decide whether he was going to be good or naughty, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. What a great image though. This is constantly going on. There is a battle. And so, excuse me. <coughs> Um, we need to be aware of that. We need to be aware of the fact that we are in a battle. So let's just start here with verse 12. We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. We just see right there, there are all these different levels almost of mm -hmm. evil beings that are at battle against us. And we don't make ourselves aware of this to be afraid of them. No, no, it's to be ready to, right. fight. to fight. I think this is so encouraging. It's I could imagine, I know this isn't actually mm -hmm. what happened, but he's like standing in front of an army and just giving this final word right. and <laughs> just kind of pumping them up like, hey, mm -hmm. we got to do this. We're going right. to. But he's not saying it like, be terrified, cower down. He's saying, stand no. taller. Right. Be stronger. Right. Be ready. Yeah. Be ready. The battle is coming. This verse I love, and I call it to mind often because of the idea of we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Mm -hmm. So often in our lives, that's what we are doing. We are, yeah. we fight against each other. You and I have a disagreement and in our hearts, we may think, Oh, I can't believe Brooklyn did that. Or, I can't believe right. Karen said that. And we turn it into this flesh and blood battle happens all the time. Mm -hmm. It happens in churches. We are watching it on social media constantly mm -hmm. where people just fight against others. Have you seen those people who get on Facebook and say, and I'm sorry if you're one of them, but I'm gonna call you out right now, get on Facebook and say, I don't usually make a post like this, but, mm -hmm. and then they just ream somebody, right? Like mm -hmm. my boyfriend, blah, 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 or my husband or my sister-in-law, and they just rip someone <laughs> to shreds. So we turn it into a flesh and blood 
battle. We do that constantly. It's in mm-hmm. our politics. It's, I mean, it's just it's everywhere. Friendships. Yeah. It, right. It's, it's everywhere is that we turn everything into a flesh and blood you versus me. Mm-hmm. And this verse is so important. If you are a believer, you have got to understand it is never a you and me fight. Never. It doesn't matter how much we disagree. Mm-hmm. The battle isn't between you and me. The battle is in the heavenly realm. The battle is between good and evil. Right. And this is so important to me in my marriage. I call this to mind anytime Paula and I are having an argument, especially, and it doesn't happen often, but if we get to the place where there is some tension uh-huh. brewing, I will in my mind say, I battle not against flesh and blood. I am not angry with him. This is not my husband that I'm mad at right now. Right. It is the devil. It is these demons that are attacking our unity. Mm-hmm. And again, when we think about that's this whole theme of this book is unity. That's it's always an attack on unity. But when you think that and then you guys can come together, because Stephen and I have done that too, mm-hmm. then you can come together and pray right. against that right. attack. Right. Oh yeah. And And I do quite vehemently. And some of you have heard me say this before, but there are times when if Paul and I are just at odds and you know, I've got red hair so I can get a little fiery and I don't yell at him, but I will yell at Satan in that moment. (laughs) I will be like, Satan, get out of my house. You have no business here and you have no power in my marriage. And I just start quoting scripture at Satan because I have to do that to remind myself, you're not mad at Paul. Paul, mm-hmm. you've got to channel that energy, that frustration, anger, whatever it is towards your real enemy. And then the two of you, like you said, have to work together to bring unity, to mm-hmm. come to an agreement, whatever this is. So, so important that we remember that we're not fighting against flesh and blood and it's hard. It's hard. It is hard. Um, and I pray so much when there is a struggle between me and someone else. Remind me, God, that this isn't between me and them. Right. This is not. And so it's really just, it's very important that we understand verse 12. And I will tell you this verse 12, when it talks about, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. The word there actually is a word for a wrestling bout. So the fighting is like wrestling and you can just picture hand to hand combat, right? Where we're wrestling and having that fight. But this word actually, the literal translation of it talks about a wrestling bout where the winner holds down the opponent with their hand upon their neck. Oh, (laughs) so like that's the, that's the outcome (laughs) that we're looking for is like that idea of like trampling the serpent, like Mm that that's our outcome is that I will, my hand will be on Satan's neck. I will be victorious and Mm -hmm. you will be pinned to the ground, man. Like one, two, three, you're out. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what we're going for. Yeah. Is that kind of a victory? And it's important for us to remember we have that kind of victory. Right. That we We already do in that kind of victory. And so we, like you said, this battle cry, this war, it's not be terrified of your enemy. It's no, we already have this victory. We're going to wrestle. There will be a fight, but we've already won. We've already won. Except for when we don't fight except for when we don't stand our ground, Mm -hmm. that's when we lose. And that's why this passage is super important. Verse 11 and 13 and 14 all talk about this idea of standing firm Mm -hmm. and standing our ground. 
It's the same word in all of the verses, histami. And as I looked at this, I thought, oh, hmm, that sounds a lot like histamine, like a histamine reaction, mm -hmm. like that allergic reaction yeah. that we have in our body. It's the same thing. And it's this word actually means to stand still, ready, and firm. So in verse 11, put on all of God's armor so you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Verse 13, it says, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Verse 19 says, stand your ground. So in all of these, it's just being still ready from like unmovable yeah. in all of these that's how we enter that's before. And that's how we are after Right. that we have stood our ground. That's how we are in the battle. Verse 14. So yeah, it's, it's before in verse 11, after in verse 13 and during in verse 14, all of these times we will be unshakable, unshakable, unmovable, which is just a really cool image. But in verse 11, it adds in this stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. So that against actually has to do with moving towards a goal. So there's also this purpose mm -hmm. in our standing is that we also have a goal of where we're going. He's not going to push us back from going toward yeah. that goal, right? And you will like this. Verse 11 talks about the schemes right? Yeah. Of the devil, all the strategies, strategies yeah. of the devil. It's a predictable method in organized evil doing. Well, that's what we always hear is that the, that Satan is very predictable, predictable method. Right. So when we're talking about this standing firm, it's almost like, I know what you're coming at me with. Mm -hmm. I know what's going to happen. So I know when Paul and I start to get right. tense with each other, I know that's his method to disrupt our yeah. unity. And I'll ask Stephen a lot of times, or even like in a fight with a friendship, like what lies am I believing or hearing mm -hmm. right now? Because mm -hmm. usually they are lies and usually it is from Satan. Right. And once you can speak right. truth to those, you... Like that's his strategy is yeah. to lie to you. Yeah. So for each of us to think about where am I often, most often tempted, whether mm -hmm. it's in a flesh and blood battle or where, whether it's just in sin temptation in mm -hmm. our lives at all, Satan is very predictable. Yeah. He uses the same strategies over and over when he comes against us. It's the same thing. For instance, every time I am headed towards a women's event, mm -hmm. Satan comes against me in the same ways. Every time I expect right. it now, I expect expect X, Y, and Z are going to happen in this time period. And so I'm ready when it happens yep, now. It's stand firm against it. It doesn't even surprise me. I'm like, could you try in any harder? Like, really? This is the same thing you did the mm -hmm. last 17 times I've been in this situation. So we know to expect it. We know what he's going to do. And I, I really think that's pretty neat. He has an organized method, but it's the same. It's right. very predictable. So be on our guard against that. Verse 10, we're going to go all the way back to the beginning, says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in his, his, yes. <laughs> his mighty power. And that's where we have to start in all of this, this whole mm -hmm. battle. We know that we're going to be in a battle. We know that our enemy has a scheme mm -hmm. against us. And that we us. need to stand firm before, during, and after. Right. But how do we do that? Right. 
it's in his God's power. power. And then verse 11 and verse 14 say, putting on God's armor. This not is yours. <laughs> yeah, this is not my armor. This is not our worldly armor and the worldly methods that we use to protect ourselves. We have a lot of them, right? Self-preservation is naturally though a big thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> your brain will literally come up with defense mechanisms, especially yes. if you have hard times or trauma or pain to protect you from those. But a lot of times they are not healthy. Right. Coping mechanisms. Uh -huh. Yeah. Right? So we know that something's hard. We have a struggle in a relationship. We have a temptation to do something, whatever it may be. Our methods are always self-preserving mm -hmm. and aren't so usually... So very inward focused instead yes. of looking above. Right, <laughs> right, right. Instead of looking at this is a, an attack on mm -hmm. me spiritually and therefore I need to fight in this war. And how do we fight but with God's power and God's armor? It says that we're supposed to put on all of God's armor in verse 11, verse 13 says every piece. And I think that's important too. You need the complete set of armor. So mm -hmm. it's not just pick up one of these things like when I'm you need have it. have sword today. Right, right. right. I'm, I'm going to just use this to fight this battle. It is important that we notice there are multiple pieces of this armor and he says all of them. There's a reason he says all of them. We need to be fully equipped. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, there are places where the flaming arrows of the evil one yeah, are going to break through, <laughs> right? They're going to get in and penetrate. So all of it, the complete set is needed for victory. But just a reminder that you have to rely on God's strength. Mm -hmm. It's not just this armor, but it's also his strength. So often when I'm fighting something, what am I going to rely on? myself. Yeah. Your own strength, your own strength, all of us. That's natural. Right. We trust ourselves more than anyone else. And mm -hmm. then we probably have a few people that we trust, but we just keep turning to our own strength in hard times. And it doesn't say put on all of God's armor and then take it off. No, <laughs> it says put it on. And so I've heard people talk about putting on, put on the armor of God every morning when you wake up. And that's a great visual. Like people will actually like pretend like they're putting on the shoes and pretend like they're buckling a belt. And mm -hmm. they're saying, you know, they'll say like, I'm putting on the truth and I'm putting on whatever great image for recall, for reminding mm -hmm. ourselves of this terrible image for how we're supposed to actually live. Because if you have to put it on every day, that means you've taken it off every day. Also, right. We're not supposed to take these things off. We are supposed to live constantly in this state of battle readiness with all of this armor on us constantly. So what is the armor? It talks about the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness, shoes of peace that comes from good news, the shield of faith, the salvation, salvation helmet, and then the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So these are all of the pieces here. And we could dig into these. We're actually not going to nope. today spend a lot of time on them. We will mention, however, this truth as the belt. So in the armor that mm -hmm. these 
soldiers would have worn into battle at this time. This belt was the most important piece. And that's funny because people say, no, it's not the most important piece. Like maybe the helmet is because Mm -hmm. it protects your mind and all of that. But this belt really kind of stood as the foundation. It was the part which the other pieces of armor were dependent on and relied on. They all kind of tied into this. Also, that's where the sword was hung. So your sword was attached to that belt. So when we talk about this belt of truth, we need to be aware that a solid understanding of truth is essential to the battle. And you and I were just talking about this and how so many of our teens today are deceived. They do not have a solid understanding of truth. Therefore, this idea of my truth has become prevalent in our society. And And it's everywhere for them. So they think that is the truth. Right. And it's kind of scary because it's not the truth. Right. So their concept of the truth is whatever our culture is saying is true or it's Which changed all the time. (laughs) So it's not firm at all. Right. Or it's my truth. So Mm -hmm. it's whatever I want to believe is true. Mm -hmm. This is what our society is saying is you can believe whatever you want. You can construct truth based on your personal intrinsic value system rather than basing our concept of truth on God's word and on what God says is true and on God, because God is true. His word Mm -hmm. is true. And solid and unchanging. Right. And so there has to be this foundation that we come back to of what is truth. And I get that's hard for us in our society. We don't want to offend others. Mm -hmm. We want to accept them. The idea of tolerance is so huge in our society, but there is a way that we can love and affirm individuals without loving and affirming their truth. Mm-hmm. So we have to have this truth as our belt. So that's kind of the, the starting place for all of this. And then it builds to verse 18, where it talks about prayer. And this verse we were discussing already Mm -hmm. is just huge. And it really does go move towards this almost as this is the culmination of all of this other weaponry that we have, which is prayer in the spirit at all times, pray in the spirit at all times. And on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. There's so many little tidbits that we can glean from this, but he's saying to take advantage of every opportunity. So we've talked about prayer in a past podcast, but again, Mm -hmm. prayer isn't just here and there. It's not just the bail me out of this God. It's all times, every occasion, every occasion, every opportunity. So when we see other places in scripture, where it talks about pray without ceasing. He's saying this again. Every opportunity is an opportunity for prayer, whether we're thanking God, whether we're throwing up that Hail Mary, like, I need your help right Mm now. Um, At the end of this, it talks about in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So a very important focus is that our prayers are not just for ourselves. So often I think prayers are, we pray for ourselves. And again, this is this reminder that he's already told us earlier in this chapter, in this book, we're praying for others. And this is a really important part of our spiritual strategy and the warfare that we are playing is that playing, we're not playing warfare, (laughs) we're participating in is that we are praying for others. When he says, 
at all times. This is constant. And then in the second half of the verse, he says, stay alert and be persistent. So that alert, that word actually means no sleeping. So always, even in your weakest, you need to be in prayer. Stay awake and be vigilant. And, you know, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about when Jesus was in the garden with the disciples and he asked them to stay awake and pray for him. Mm -hmm. And they kept falling asleep. And they kept falling asleep. And he was in that battle by himself because they kept leaving him. Think about that when we think about our friends, that we don't want to leave them in the battle alone. Right. We have to stay awake. So stay alert and constantly praying for others. Have you, I know you have. So I, when I say <laughs> have you, I know what your answer is, but have you had those times when God has woken you up and you're just so oh, yes. sure that you need to be praying for somebody? Yes. Yes. And you don't right. even know why sometimes Right. you just do it. You wake up and you're like, whoa, this person's on my mm-hmm. mind. I need to pray for them right now. And yes, you don't know. And sometimes we find out later yeah. what that was. Sometimes we don't, but we have to trust when God wakes us up, when he mm-hmm. says this, you know, this word about being alert, you need to be alert. And so I know last week when my husband was in the hospital, hospital, my mom said there were several times when she couldn't sleep. And so yeah. she just laid awake and prayed for us. She was going to battle for my family. And that's what I love about that is that God does send other people to battle when, when, when you're, you're weak. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's the body of Christ. Such a, such a beautiful example and yeah. such a cool calling for us to be called into battle on each other's behalf. Right. And we know when our friends are weak, we have to go for them. And mm-hmm. I know last week when we were away, there are so many times that I just think, I don't even know how I was functioning last week other than, I kept saying to people, other than the fact that people are praying for me, I think that's the only way I'm moving forward. Sarah came and uh, saw me right before we left mm-hmm. to drive to Colorado. And she just texted me the other night and she's like, I thought you'd be falling to pieces. And there you were like marching orders, Daniel, do this, Valerie, do this, mm-hmm. telling everybody what to do, get things. And I said, I was not even thinking I was just doing, but that's because people were praying for me and mm-hmm. that I would have a clear mind and be able to take care of all the things that needed to be taken care of before we left town and went into this uncertain future. And so I know that prayer is such a powerful weapon. And which is why he mentions it. Which yeah. is why he mentions it. But the other word there that we'll mention real quick before we move on to our discipline is that stay alert. No, be persistent. Stay alert and be persistent. And this is a strong perseverance, which prevails by interacting with God. A perseverance that prevails. So understanding that when we are persevering. And when we are bringing God into this equation, Mm -hmm. our prayers will prevail. Right. Our, this battle in this battle that we're in the spiritual battle, we will prevail when we, when it's us and God, when we are at work together with him. So it's just, it's a neat passage. I love this. And I think it's so important to just remember that we are in a battle, but we aren't alone and we will be victorious. Yes. And we always have to be ready because it's always happening. And 
it's a really great how-to list to be ready. Absolutely. So absolutely, he didn't just say, be tough, good right. luck. <laughs> right, right. He gives us all of these uh, methods and strategies. And mm-hmm. with your groups, you can maybe discuss them a little bit more. Okay. So speaking of like God sending others to battle on your behalf mm-hmm. and using that, that prayer as a weapon, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's not always you being the one that's mm. using that weapon. Right. Um, right. Our, we can kind of segue into our discipline. Okay. Discipline. What is our discipline today? Guidance. Guidance. Did you guess it? Let I me know. really doubt. I'm going to be very surprised. <laughs> right? Because it's not something that we discuss. No. We talk about prayer. We talk about fellowship. We talk about fasting even. Mm-hmm. But guidance is probably one of the lesser known, less discussed spiritual discipline. I agree. Yeah, it is. And like you said, some people might be practicing this without Mm -hmm. even knowing it's a discipline. I know that I was, um, but if you're not now, you do know that it's a discipline and you can incorporate it into your life. Right. So you want to describe for us what this discipline is or what it might look like? So guidance is seeking the will of God, Mm -hmm. but oftentimes it's from somebody else. Mm -hmm. So in community, yes, seeking God's will in community. community. And that can look like a counselor, a trusted rooted in scripture friend, Mm -hmm. um, getting a a mentor mentor, Mm -hmm. or even your life group or a small group that you're in. Right. So the point of it is to discern God's will, to Mm -hmm. seek God's will for your life. But this can be done. And we all know we, we seek God's guidance on our own. Mm -hmm. And we talk about that often, right? That's what we do in Bible study. That's what we do in prayer. But we don't often talk about the fact that collectively we can seek God's will. And sometimes it's very powerful. Mm -hmm. Also, it's a practice in which we can, which we can engage in, in order to, I think more directedly or pointedly seek God's will. So sometimes we just need help. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we pray about something on our own and we just feel like, man, I am not getting any guidance here. I'm not getting a word. And I want to know what God wants me to do in this situation. And so guidance is a practice where we go to someone else and say, hey, I need you to direct me in this, Mm -hmm. or I need you to pray with me in this. Let's seek God together. So corporately. And I think it's a continual Mm. discipline that you do, especially with a mentor or a group or a friend, Mm -hmm. you're constantly being pointed back to God because we are human. But there's also, like you said, like situations where you cannot hear the truth because maybe the lies are loud or Mm -hmm. you're just so close and your feelings are so loud (laughs) that you can't come above it and see the truth. And so you have to humble yourself enough to seek guidance. And that's what I think we talked about the other day is that sometimes in a counseling situation Mm -hmm. as a pastor, pastoral counseling is more of this. It's more Mm -hmm. of a guidance situation. So someone's coming to me, I'm not going to treat it the same as a counselor would, where I'm not using the tools of psychology to help unpack something. But what I am going to do is turn you back to scripture. I am Mm -hmm. going to, I have a little bit of perspective, so I'm not as close to it as you would be. 
you metaphorically, not right. you personally. Right. And, and so I'm able to say, here's the truth of God's word. Let's consider this. And this is what God would tell you to do in this mm-hmm. situation. This is how you seek him. This is how you follow him in this situation. So that's where you might see it in a counseling setting would be more of a pastoral or biblical mm-hmm. counselor, not necessarily a licensed practical counselor, right? That's not the same. So it's someone who's going to direct you towards God and towards scripture in how to deal with the situation. Right. And that is the point of guidance. If you are being guided toward anything else, that is not what we're talking about. Right. And that's where corporate guidance can be huge. So if you are seeking God's will together as a group and saying, Mm -hmm. God guide us and praying and seeking him and seeking his word. God can speak to a group and can guide a group. And that's where a life group, a Mm -hmm. small group could be super important. If if we're lifting each other up and just saying, God help us as we discern Brooklyn's next step, Mm -hmm. that can be super important, but there is a caution here. And that is that sometimes when we get in these groups, we depend on our human reason. Mm -hmm. And then we start spouting off human thoughts. And that often comes from our own brokenness, our own Mm -hmm. slant, our own, where we've been, our own experience and where we've been in the world. And so we'll say, oh, well, this is how you should deal with that. Mm -hmm. And it's completely human reason. It has no no, no basis in scripture, no basis in scripture. And that's where we need to caution is that if you're seeking guidance as a group, scripture is always your foundation. It's always where you go back to. Mm -hmm. It's not your truth. Like we talked about earlier. Is this scriptural truth? It doesn't matter what you think. Ultimately, when we're looking at guidance as a discipline, we're looking for God's truth and God's direction in Mm -hmm. this matter. Right. So let's talk a little bit about mentors. Mm. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's very prevalent Mm -mm. in today's society anymore to, to actually seek a mentor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. But it is part of spiritual guidance and often in school, like in school, don't they tell you like Mm -hmm. you should have a mentor and like biblical schooling and things like that. Sure. So It's kind of the same, though. You want to be cautious about who you choose to be your mentor. Right. Absolutely. When you're looking for a mentor or some people call it a spiritual guide. Yeah, or director. Or a spiritual director, right? When you're looking for this person, there are definitely some attributes that you want to look for. It needs to be someone who's close to the Lord. Yes. And who has had some growth, some experience. So it's possible that this person is younger than you, Mm -hmm. but often they're older than you. And for sure they have been walking with the Lord longer than you Yeah, or spiritually more mature than you are. Right. So you're looking for a depth, a spiritual maturity is really important. So you should not be going to someone who's been a Christian for a year and (laughs) hasn't weathered any storms and walked with God through the hard times, who doesn't have a solid truth basis, who, you know, that's not going to be your spiritual director or your mentor. So depth and breadth and length of mm-hmm. relationship with the Lord is important. What's mm-hmm. another, what's something else we'd look Compassion, for? Compassion mm. um, and commitment. So you want to make sure this person isn't going to 
mm-hmm. be your mentor for, you know, a right. couple weeks and, and then flake out. Yeah. <laughs> then we have tough love. I wrote down. Tough love is important. Yeah. And I wrote down to, I think that they need to be somebody that is close enough to you mm-hmm. or feels like they can tell you the truth, even if it's not what you want to hear. Right. Right. So you need to, as the person seeking a mentor, ask for that Mm -hmm. and be willing. And this goes back to our discussion of submission Mm -hmm. last week, right? So we need to have people in our lives that we are willing to submit to where we're willing to say, I'm asking you to speak into my life. And even if you have to say the hard things, the tough love, I'm going to listen Mm -hmm. to you. But then you need to find somebody who's willing to do that. If it's someone who's always worried about stepping on toes or offending people, that's probably not going to be someone who should mentor you because they're not going to be willing to say the hard things when the hard things need to be said. And we all need hard things said to us sometimes. And then I think the biggest thing is we need to pray about who this Mm. mentor should be and ask God to bring them to us. Absolutely. Right. So this isn't a willy nilly thing. This isn't a haphazard. Oh, I'll just ask Jane at Mm -hmm. church. It's uh, God, who would be the right person for me in this season to mentor me, to guide me, to give me some direction in my life and let God bring that relationship about. Yeah. We will say, I can't be everyone's mentor. Right. (laughs) Which if you are going off the list, this person probably does need to be someone that is in your life weekly. Not that you're not in their Mm -hmm. lives weekly, but Mm -hmm. somebody that's close to you. Mm -hmm. Um, and it could be someone that you need to develop a relationship with. Like it could be a wise older woman in the church and you've just kind of taken notice to them and maybe God's already starting to plant that seed. Like I need to develop a relationship with whomever. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say any names because then everyone will call that one person, (laughs) but you know, so it could be someone that you maybe yeah. don't have a relationship and need to build a relationship with. But again, I can't be everyone's mentor, just like you can't be everyone's mentor. Mm-hmm. Just like if you're a life group leader, every person in your group can't look to you as their mentor. Right. That's not going to work right. <laughs> numerically, logically, logically, yes. humanly speaking, we're all limited and we can't speak into that many people's lives. So that's why like you said, prayer is so important. So this isn't just a, Oh, I'll talk to my pastor. Mm-hmm. No, it's a seek God and seek who he would put in this role in your life. Yes. This person ultimately needs to be someone who is encouraging you to look above constantly. This person in your life is going to be someone who's speaking these words. Like Paul spoke in Mm -hmm. this passage. It's someone who's going to be teaching you to stand firm. It's going to be teaching someone who's speaking to you to rely on the Lord's power, not your Mm -hmm. own strength. It's someone who's reminding you that you're in a battle and reminding you that you're not battling against flesh and blood. And that's why we said this with this passage here, this kind of guidance that Paul is giving as he closes this out, this is the kind of guidance that you're seeking from someone. Someone who's going to tell you, no matter what, you keep looking above. We are at the end of this season yeah for the podcast we are done (laughs) we thank you for going on this journey with us and maybe we have something in the works and we'll talk (laughs) to you before the next season begins so between now and whenever we talk to you again keep looking looking above. above